more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Hi, Hi, Kelly. Hi, Happy New Year. Happy New Year's 2024. It's 2024, which is the year Year of of the the... neighbor. Oh, I was going to say the year of the dragon, but okay. It could be that too. But but in my world, I have declared, Kelly Swika personally has invented this. It is the year of the neighbor and I'm putting it out on social media. And I asked all of our co-housing members to please finish the sentence. A good neighbor is, and they've been sending in their kind of finishes to that. So we're putting that out so that everybody can know exactly like what a good neighbor is and what what is the year of the neighbor? Why why are we even talking about this? Kelly, I have to say, I think this is absolutely brilliant. You should, you brilliant, really. I am very excited. The beginning excited. of my Hallmark empire, Lynn. Yeah, it feels new. It feels fresh. And I love the new year. There's all kinds of great things happen in the new year. And I... I find myself turning over, you know, I don't start the new year till January 2nd, you know, mm-hmm. January 1st, I'm still doing all my old habits. I'm just enjoying the last bottle of champagne and box yep. of chocolates, but January 2nd, it gets really serious. And I, I find myself being drawn towards new things, new challenges. Some yep. things are very planned and intentional. And then other things just pop up and surprise me, which is what I wanted to talk about today. Okay. So let me first say, I want to say about the year of the neighbor, that one of the things about co-housing in my mind is that it creates really good neighbors. And honestly, when you're living it, when you're there, it doesn't feel that different from normal life, right? Like you're still living your normal life. You still have all of your like normal friends and you're still going grocery shopping and you're still like, you know, watching TV and doing all this stuff that you do. You're just doing all of your normal life for 98% of of the time. It's just normal life. But then there's this 2% and the 2% is the difference between being a good neighbor, living in co-housing versus kind of being anywhere else. And I think that my 2% meets the thing that you want to talk about. So tell me what you want to talk about and I'll tell you what my 2%. Well, I just want to talk about... um something that really surprised me on Saturday. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it has to do with you, right? So we're going to air our relationship here in public. I actually thought about just dropping this on you in the recording without talking <laughs> to you about it in advance. Which would, to. I mean, this it, is it a facet really cool. of our friendship is that it is, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of it gets lived out on, on a podcast. Yes. Actually, it would have been really cool because now it's a little bit uh, kind of 48 hours old. But um, so what came up for me is I thought, and let's never get, we won't worry about the, de- I thought you were going to come to our info social on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so I sent you a picture. We were going to do this photo shoot. You wanted me to let you know what colors I was wearing. I sent you a picture of the colors I was wearing, and then you didn't respond. And then I get to the info social, you didn't show up. And your husband and your daughter showed up, which was lovely. Had a nice chat with them. They never mentioned you at all. So finally, as they were leaving and I realized, oh, she's not coming at all. I said, hey, where's Kelly? And they said, oh, she she went off and did something else. I'm like, what? 
okay, fine. You know, I can put on a good face. She's my best friend here in co-housing. I'm not going to throw my best friend under the bus. I go, oh, okay, fine. So as the day progressed, I got more and more upset about it because we kind of have this unspoken norm and contract that we do these things. If one of us doesn't show, it's totally fine not to show, but let the other one know, just check in. And especially since we were going to do this photo shoot, and my God, I actually put makeup on and washed my hair, you know, so that was like a big deal. <laughs> anyway, never mind about that. I do that quite frequently. But um, yeah. let it be known since this yes. is, there's no video. Actually, Lynn usually shows up looking quite nice. But anyway. So anyway, as the day progressed, I, of course, I understand Kelly's life and I can totally understand. I have no idea what happened, but I can just visualize this whole morning of hers and it just slipped through her fingers, you know, like life happens and she's busy. She's got all these passions. There's this project came up. She was called away. So I just rationalized it away as I usually do. That's my standard MO. That's what I do is when I know that there's no ill intent, I rationalize it away. But then as I slept then one night, then came up the next morning, it, I was just kind of stuck and yeah. she texted, you texted me about something. And I thought, you know, I can't even reply to this mundane text about something without us having a conversation, because I feel like there's something in between us that I don't feel like I want to just rationalize away the way I normally do. I could have easily just let it slide and just, you know, I mean, I came from a world of you just get your big girl pants on. And you show up the next day and you you just carry on, right? I mean, I know you have some of that in your background too. And so I there were some triggers that have happened for me recently that made me decide I'm going to do this differently. It's 2024. I'm in the new year. I'm going to do, do some new things. I'm going to do some hard things. And so that was the first thing that kind of like got me moving in a new direction. The second thing was that a few weeks before the end of the year, one of our co-housing members called me up um, with a very different topic of something that I had done, said that they were very upset about. And they said to me that they really wanted to honor our agreements of being um very authentic with each other and bringing things to the person that you have a concern with directly. And he's, he said, I'm very nervous about this. This is, feels really awkward. I don't normally do this. Anyway, we had a lovely conversation about it. I, I felt very comfortable. I hope he felt, you know, heard afterwards. And I just felt so inspired by that conversation. I thought, my goodness, he, he took so much risk in the spirit of making our community better, surely I can do that too. You know, yeah. really. I mean, yeah. th the other thing that I also- Turns out there are like bigger girl pants than the big girl pants of just yes. sucking it up. The bigger girl pants are like- Doing something here, right? about yeah, it. Doing yeah, something. Mm -hmm. And being brave. So between the being brave for the new year, uh, uh, one of our community members modeling this for me, which is still blowing me away, I realized I had this light bulb go on for me that I'm really great at talking about conflict. Even if it's conflict that affects something I'm involved in, I can have very abstract conversations. I grew up in a household where we spent hours over the dinner table battling out differences of opinions, but none of it was under my skin. 
So it was all very external. So I can have a big fight with you about how we're going to design the website or have a, you know, do something that's more exterior to my emotions, more, more, um, more abstract or more, or even more physical, if you will, like, how are we going to park this car or, you know, organize the grocery list or lay the table for some event? Like that is nothing. I can have a big fight about that. And then two minutes later, we're laughing and hugging each other. That doesn't get under my skin. But what I've noticed is that very rarely something just really, really gets under my skin. And I am, it's like, I'm paralyzed. I am speechless. I'm paralyzed. I'm terrified. I have a knot in my stomach and I'm really terrified of dealing with it. And I I think that experience this weekend was a real gift to me because when other people in the community say I'm terrified of dealing with conflict, I now can go back and excavate that feeling that I've experienced once again with a little bit more awareness and go, oh, you must be having this feeling and man, I really get it. Um, well, and then you remember like Laird has talked about that. Remember yeah. he said that like once somebody feels something about something, like the emotion is there. And if you're having this intellectual conversation, even an intellectual conversation about emotions, like, oh, you know, my feelings were really hurt when blah, blah, blah. There's distance there and that's separate. But if you have an emotion in that moment, he talks about the block in the room. Yeah. It kind of blocks everything and you cannot go on until block gets worked out because that block is kind of a true real space that needs to be, it needs to come to some sort of peace or resolution before you move on. Before you, yeah, exactly. And in fact, the the emotion that a lot of people can really relate to, or this kind of shutting down of all Mm -hmm. your senses is what everybody can understand. When you get that phone call that says like, for me, my mother died, you know, or you're in an office and you get a terrible medical diagnosis. Everybody knows what you're talking about when you say those things, how you you can't hear anything anymore. And that same thing can bleed into a relationship with something has happened that is sort of blocking you, you know? Yeah. And it can happen in meetings too, you know, um, kind of like you're, you're hinting at. Um, okay, so and, what did you do about it? Tell us what you did about it. Well, so what I did about it, so I didn't even tell I mean, you this I part. Know what you did about it. No, but, but you actually you don't know the full thing of what I, first of okay. all, I did, first of all, I did not talk to anybody about it. And, you know, I often just talk my husband's ear off about everything. And I decided not to tell him anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I, um, when I got up early Sunday morning, I did my usual, you know, meditation, but then I just journaled about it. And I wrote like, what would I say to you if I called you up? You know, how would I call you up? I can't even remember. We did an exercise with a Laird one time where he had us go around the room and speak, you know, like, how would you want to receive feedback? I yes, could, yeah. could not remember what you said. I mean, we had, <laughs> we had 30 but people. You, but you remembered, more importantly, though, you remembered that I was open to hearing feedback. I think yes, that's, yes, it, you know, definitely. you, you yes. have to know that the person is going to yes, receptive. Otherwise it's, and, and, you know, one of the things that I was thinking through as I was thinking about how I would speak this is I was very intentional about thinking through how I might talk about it in terms of just my feelings and yeah. not anything that you did. Because I think talking about it in terms of what somebody else did makes it 
makes them feel defensive about what they did. I was just, but I was a hundred percent in the wrong. I should have totally texted you. So okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, you you were just in the right. (laughs) Well, thank you. But I, it, it, I was prepared for anything. You know what I mean? I was just trying to say, even if you said, Hey, that's a ridiculous requirement, whatever. I would say, that's fine. You know, I just want you to know how I felt. That's all, you know, and I knew you well enough to know that you cared how I felt which I think is important. And I think everybody in our group, I hope that they trust that people care yeah. how, how, how they feel, you know? So I think that's also kind of really important. So what I did is I called, I texted you and I said, um, can we have a, com- can we have a quiet conversation or something like that? And then you, you called me back when you got the message and you said, Hey, what's up? And, um, and I said, uh, can we have a kind of a nice, quiet conversation? He goes, sure. I'm in the car driving home from church. And I'm thinking, no, you got a car full of people. You're thinking about lunch. And I said, no, just find a quiet moment. Call me back. So thankfully you didn't make me wait 24 hours to call me back. That would have, I would have totally come on. Wow. I don't think I could have eaten lunch. So yeah. Well, you know, when you work your way up to doing yeah, something no, brave, I know, I know. I like you're you. at the edge of the diving board, you've got to dive off, you know? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. So you called me back pretty quickly and then, you know, it was, I know you were terrified what I was going to say. You're like, what? You're not leaving co-housing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you made it so easy for me and I felt so safe and so cared for in your hands. And I also want to acknowledge that. And I just felt really freed up. I felt so energized when I got home. So I, I came home and then I told Kip about it. And he's like, what? All this was going on under the surface. I didn't know. <laughs> You're like, see, you don't get dragged into every single. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, I kind of bring tears to my eyes because it was just such a really yeah, meaningful experience for me. And I just really wanted to share that with our audience because I feel like we sometimes talk from a place of of kind of Pollyannish, you know, uh, yeah. representation of co-housing and we'll be able to figure everything out and we'll somehow it'll be fine. And I just wanted to share that, you know, I'm also experiencing the the challenges, but also reaping massive rewards yeah. and benefits. Yeah. Well, I want to say that the, that to me is the 2% difference. That's the difference between, so like, think about what your other alternative, you know, options were. One would be to just like not say anything and just kind of like be cold and yeah. off, take some steps back so that the next couple of times I see you, I'm like wondering and yeah. you don't know, and you know that like something's off, but you don't know exactly what you're need to apologize for, or you know what I mean? Like, you well, and you don't even know if it relates to you. I mean, I could have something else going on, right? Yeah, you just don't know. And so therefore you don't really have any way of restoring, neither party really is looking to restore the relationship or to, you know, process what has happened. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of getting buried in a kind of like an ugly festering way, you know? So that's one option. A second option would be to just ghost, like to not, not see the person, you know, to just be right, like right. mad, but not talk to them. Um, and that, you know, it's just like, that happens a lot in, in normal life, you know, like, oh my gosh, yes. like yeah. we were over the holidays talking to a relative who like no longer goes to some Ace Hardware store because of some like, you know, irritation with the person who works there and how could they blah, blah, blah. And instead of like standing up and just being like, Hey, that was really not okay. Or 
I mean, I'm not suggesting that you do this with everyone in your no, wide no. World, but, but certainly, you know, to be able to at least have some some way of expressing how you feel about things, mm-hmm. then you have so many other options in how right. you carry forward. And it frees you up. Yeah. So that's the you part. But I want to say that I am deeply appreciative for this because um, because I was 100% in the wrong. Like there were many things I should have done and didn't do. And one of the things that it tells me is that it's important to me to have good relationships with my fellow community members. And so when I've done something, if nobody tells me, I never, um, I mm. doesn't like give me the guardrails on my own life, you know? So in this case, I had something else come up and I just went, I just fell down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I think about like, okay, but I don't want to fall so far down that rabbit hole that I can't stay in relationship with my mm. members. And so you saying to me like, Hey, Kelly, you fell down this rabbit hole and it was that was not okay for you to do that to me, then helps me to course correct and think, oh, mm. right, this is important to me. I cannot just let that go. Mm. Must preserve this relationship mm. as I am going forward. And it just is really valuable to me. So I think it's it seems like it's only the person who was wronged, but I think mm-hmm. on both sides, yeah. it's also the person who did the wronging that really well, is important. I think it's also... It's also really great that you say that, Kelly, because you have a very strong personality. You have a strong role. You have a big role in our community right now because we rely on you for a lot of things because of your background and lived experience. And so I think it's really good for people to, I think it's good for people to share that we we had this kind of conversation because it gives them courage too, you know? Oh, absolutely. I just yeah. think, you know, it's it, it, things are going to come up and people are going to step on each other's mm-hmm. toes, ways big and small. But if you are open to understanding that stepping on somebody's toe or, or hurting them or, you know, all kind of the whole range, if there isn't malice involved, if it's just you doing something that is, you didn't think about yeah. it, you, whatever, then it's important to know where those guardrails are because you don't right. want to just doing it. Yeah. yeah. We keep doing it. Exactly. Oh, I know. That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So hooray to the year of the neighbor. Hooray. Thank you. you Thank you. Yeah. Texting me and for, for bravely stepping forward and saying something. Yeah. I'm so grateful to that. And if, uh, if you're in a forming community and you want to kind of delve into some of these, um, topics that are going to make your lives together more interesting and more, um, durable, I guess, too, your mm. relationship more durable, um, I think that Lynn, would you recommend Laird's? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I hang on his every word. So yeah. Laird Schaub, who um, has many course offerings with the Foundation for Intentional Communities, you can find him there. Um, he has done many trainings at all. Some of them actually are called, you know, conflict resolution. But a lot of his trainings, regardless what the topic, inevitably, you know, you know brush up against conflict because that is what comes up a lot when people start relating to each other and trying to work together and live together in community. And so I feel like I have learned so much from him. I should have put that as one of my triggers is that I felt like both of us had skills to do this because Mm -hmm. of some of the trainings, not just your lived experience and your sharing, but also having been in workshops with him. And if anybody is listening who's thinking about becoming an explorer with Co-Housing Houston, Laird is going to be doing a training for us February 2nd and 3rd called 
um, working with conflict in community. And we're very excited about that upcoming event for our community. I think the timing is just great since we're moving in this year. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, if you have any uh, conflicts that you'd like to come on and talk to us about in great Send us an email. You never know. You could be a guest on our podcast. <laughs> your your conflict featured here. Yeah. And we're not we're not going down the Dr. Phil route. They're not, you know. You know, though, Lynn, I, I want to propose. Okay, so if I'm proposing this year of the neighbor, I also want to propose something new. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is a conflict. It's more uh authenticity. It's more mm. that you chose to live authentic authentically yeah. what you were feeling. And I chose to receive it authentically as because it's an authentic relationship. Yeah. And I would like to propose that, that it's not actually yeah. conflict. Yeah. It's yeah. actually just being able to, uh, to, to represent how you feel and how I, I like can that. understand that. Yeah. I like that. That's a great note to leave on because the rest of the world, as Laird would say, if he was here, well, in the competitive world versus the cooperative world, people internalize that as conflict, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, great. Thanks well, I'm looking for, yeah, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Let's see what happens this week. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you Stay never tuned. Know. Come back next week. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.